0: Let us pray. God of hope, we thank you for these words of hope that we have heard from Peter and Isaiah and Matthew. As we hear these words, may they be for us the promise of hope. May they be for us uh, the transformation of our lives, that in hearing them we might hear this hope and share this hope with all the earth. Amen. So we are celebrating Advent, and in Advent we do two things at the same time. We remember how a long time ago Jesus was born, how Jesus came to the earth many years ago, and we wait for Jesus to come again. And Advent does both of these things. It reminds us of how Jesus came once, and reminds us that Jesus will come again, and invites us to ask are we ready? Are we ready for Jesus to be born? Are we ready for Jesus to come again? Uh, Historically, the church has used two different colors for the season, like we talked about earlier. We use purple sometimes, as you can see in the hanging on the pulpit here. Purple is a color for uh, waiting, a color for getting ready. We use purple in Lent. Uh, Sometimes it's a sad color. Um, and we also use blue, blue like our candles, blue like this stool, and blue is a color of hope. We associate blue with the Virgin Mary, who in pictures and paintings often wears blue, and so blue is a color for hope, and we use these colors uh, as one way of reminding us what this season is about. This time of year is about hope, and so we hear uh, readings from Scripture as uh, signs of hope, because people have always wanted hope. People have always lived in difficult times and looked to God for hope. And so we hear in Isaiah uh, a story about a day to come when the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of the mountains, lifted above the hills, and many peoples will stream to it. Many nations will say, come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Leah and Rachel, the God of Bilhah and Zilpah, the God of Jacob, so that God may teach us God's ways and we may walk in God's paths. We hear these names of the ancestors of Isaiah, these uh, people who uh, were the mothers and father of the whole nation, Leah and Rachel, Bilhah and Zilpah and Jacob, And from these people, the 12 uh, sons they had became the 12 tribes of Israel. And so by naming them, we remember the whole people. And God had made a promise to them that God would never abandon them, that God would always bless them and their family. And through them, they would become a mighty nation. There'd be more people than all of the stars in the sky, that they would be a blessing to the earth. And so Isaiah names those people to remind us that God has made promises to us and God always keeps God's promises. Just as God promised to our ancestors never to abandon us, to always be with us and to use us as to be a blessing to the earth, so too God will do what God has promised. And then Isaiah gives us a vision of what will happen when God does what God has promised. God will be the judge between the nations. God will settle disputes. Then they will beat their swords into iron plows, their spears into pruning tools. Nation will not take up sword against nation. They will no longer learn how to make war. The things that we've used to hurt each other, the instruments of destruction, will be transformed into the tools we use to help each other, instruments of creation, this is what Isaiah promised. And I think this is something beautiful and wonderful when the, when the Lord comes. And Matthew again tells us of this promise. And here Matthew tells us something interesting. There are all kinds of people who want to speculate about when Jesus will come back. And all types of people will say, well, it's going to be this day. I remember it was going to be December 21st, 2012. The world was going to end you know here we are seven years later the world's still here Jesus hasn't come back and that wasn't the first time and it probably unfortunately won't be the last that somebody tries to predict the day when the world will end and Jesus will return but Matthew says that of that day and hour no one knows not the angels in the heavens or even the Son, but only the Father Even Jesus doesn't know the day that he will come back. The angels don't know. And so you and I, we certainly don't know. And so that tells us that we shouldn't spend a bunch of time trying to think, well, is it going to be, you know, 2020 or 2025 or 2032 or whatever day it might be? Because we do not know. And so then Matthew gives us a bunch of stories, uh, Jesus says, of what that will be like. Often when Jesus tells a story, he tells it in two ways. And so we hear this here. The first time he'll tell it, he'll refer uh, to work that traditionally men did uh, because in his culture, a lot of work was divided by gender. So men would do some kinds of work and women would do others. And so we hear him say, two people will be out working in the field. And this is traditionally work that men did, being out in the fields. And one of them will be taken away and one will stay behind. And then Jesus gives an example of work that traditionally women did in his time. Two women will be working in the mill. And so there would be a neighborhood mill where people would grind grain uh, to make uh, bread and food for their families. And so this was traditionally the work of women. They would go to the neighborhood mill, grind grain to make food. Uh, And so two women will be working in the mill and one of them will be taken away and one will stay behind. I like that Jesus, just as an aside, does this of giving us two examples to tell the same story One using traditionally men's work in his time, and one using traditionally women's. It's a way of reminding us that the good news of Jesus is for everyone, that it doesn't discriminate uh, on any basis, including uh, whether you're a man or a woman. And so, uh, this is a message that Jesus has that he's for everyone, for all of us. But the point of this is, uh, of all these examples, is to be ready, because we do not know when the promised one, when Jesus will return. And we hear this again in Second Peter. I like this line some think that the Lord is slow. Because even all those years ago, thousands of years ago, people were already worrying about, well, it's been you know twenty years, why hasn't Jesus come back yet? Where where is he? Like when is he coming back? And people were already starting to worry. And so P- uh, Peter reminds them some think that the Lord is slow, but in fact the Lord is never slow, but is patient with you. And Peter gives us these beautiful words that one day with the Lord is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like one day. God's time is not our time. God works in different ways that we do not understand. And so while some think that the Lord is slow, in fact, the Lord is never slow. And then Peter says about why God might be taking God's time. The Lord is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but wanting all to repent and be transformed. God wants to rescue and redeem every single one of us and every part of the whole world. God doesn't want anyone or anything to perish, but wants all things to be transformed. And then Peter goes on to talk about this transformation of all things. It will be like fire. Sometimes we think of fire as something that destroys but fire is also something that creates. We use fire uh, to make our food. We use fire uh, to transform uh, metals into things that we can build. Uh, Fire is a symbol in Peter of creation. It's why we light a candle uh, as a symbol that Jesus is with us. And so fire will transform the world into what Peter says uh, is new heavens and a new earth where justice makes its home. This is our vision of what life will be like when when Christ returns and makes all things new. It will be like new heavens and a new earth, where all of the bad things of today will be ended and where all the good things will be celebrated and treasured. We don't know when this will happen. And so we are called to be ready each and every day, to live every day like this is the day that Jesus will return and make all things new to always be hopeful, knowing that Jesus is always with us, and to live lives of holiness, devotion to God, lives of justice, lives that care uh, like Isaiah promises, not destroy, that love and don't hurt, that create uh, and don't make war, to live these kinds of lives, lives of hope and peace and joy and love, lives of justice for when the promised one, Jesus, returns. This is what we are called to do as a people of hope, to trust that God will do what God promised our ancestors, what God promised to Leah and Rachel and Bilhah and Zilpah, what God promised to Jacob, that God will take care of us. God will love us, that God will use us to be a blessing to the world. God will bring about what God has promised. And this is why we are people of hope. And so we say amen, and thanks be to God.